Spoilers. Movie podcast. Other movie podcasts. Ugly. Ugly movie podcasts. Go away. <laughs> this is Congo Spoilers. How are you guys doing tonight? Mikey, Kylo, we got a little bit of a skinny, small boat tonight. We're doing 1997's Congo, and we'll get to that review in just a minute. But what I wanted to ask you guys, and I know we've covered a little bit of this ground before. This movie takes place like in the rainforest. There's terrifying, all sorts of terrifying animals and predators around. But for you, where's like the place on earth you'd least like to find yourself? This is Josh from Goshen, your host tonight. Do you guys want me to go first? Give you a quick second to think about it. If you got something, go ahead. I I am interested to hear what yours is, actually. (laughs) Okay. Mine is actually, I think it's a little bit of a cheat answer, but it's kind of like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids scenario. I think insects up close are terrifying. If somehow humans would evolve to be small and insects were big and over our heads, I think that'd be like the scariest thing of all time. We've talked a little Uh, bit on this podcast before about like micro close-ups of like grasshoppers eyes or other insects eyes and how terrifying it is. It's really disgusting. It's disgusting and just haunting something about it. But that's mine. If I was like a really small human in the dirt and there's like ants around i can't imagine anything worse oh good lord like in florida like red ants in florida tiny ones jesus you know how strong they are for their size insane they bench so much dude they're fucking jacked (laughs) you know what Corey? good point florida would be my answer i don't want to ever go to florida for any reason whatsoever They got alligators all over the you know, place. There's a few really bad places in the world. You know, there's the Varunga region of the Congo. There's Antarctica. There's fucking Florida. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead and go, Kylo? Yeah, I might as well. You know, I got a place that I have been. It's a little place called Goshen, Indiana. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's all right. Man, you Josh are spicy really tonight. Giving us before shit the before pod. the pod. Josh no, is you. really setting the framework for some fucking spiciness on this podcast. Like early on, like giving us shit. Like read something about the patron. Uh, what do you want us to read? Anything. Find something to read about. I'm like, the fuck? You want me to find this guy's LinkedIn, motherfucker? <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Kylo hates Goshen. He's also from Simi Valley. I think you'll be in Goshen again at some point. But let's come back over to the Midwest. Mikey. We'll go with you, but we will get to that Patreon info in just a second. But Mikey, introduce yourself, and where would you least like to be on Earth? Uh, Mikey from Chicago, Illinois, and 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with Florida. Uh, I don't no. really want to go there for any reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's gonna be underwater in like 20 years. So that was a real answer. It's legit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's what? What am I gonna do in a swamp? Uh, just awful uh, animals in swamps. Very dangerous. And you uh, haven't even mentioned DeSantis yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is a problem. I'm just scared of the wildlife down there. They got snakes everywhere. Um, I don't know. Uh, anywhere could be nice, I suppose, if if you make the best of it. But uh, Australia, I guess, would be a pretty scary place if you don't know yeah. anything. I Dude, guess everything's poisonous there. I've always wanted to go there, too. But you're right. Everything's poisonous there. Yeah, I'd be very hesitant to just touch stuff. That you don't know what it is. So, I heard this fucked up story about Australia that like tourists don't know about. Some kind of thing might be a myth, <clears throat> but like you know, Australia is really hot. Obviously, you go there, you get in your Uber or like your um, taxi, and maybe the sun's shining in your face, and you want to flip that visor down, you know, so the sun's not right in your face. Apparently, they don't like that because they have these fucking giant spiders that like go in that particular spot in cars and they just chill there. Jesus. And people what? don't pull their visors down because when you do, it'll jump on your face. And like, it's doing that what? to stay cool, apparently. I heard about it, man. I don't know if it's a myth Dude, or Dude, you gotta give I, a trigger warning. Brett's listening to this right now. <laughs> Brett does not listen to episodes he's not on. Speaking of Brett, Brett was hanging out with an old friend. Shout out to Paul and the rest of the Schaefers. Um, what up, Pappy, CJ? Pappy couldn't be here tonight because he actually sadly lost a family member. So shout out to Grandpa Jim. Um, definitely thinking about their family tonight. Stevie was packing up for a family vacation. So that's kind of why we have like a small boat. But Mikey, what do you suppose those other guys' least favorite place on earth would be? <laughs> like we can assume Brett's anywhere with spiders, right? Or, like, I think he hates the ocean as well. Brett would be any creepy attic. I have Pappy for really hating the idea of being in a shower with, like, a lot of soap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhere really dry. Yeah, I'd uh, have to leave the grease behind. Any any pizza establishment that isn't Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's would be a gun-free zone, right? I don't have a good one for Stevie. Hmm. It's a Notre Dame rival. Mm. He has In to be like game. on Purdue's, Purdue's campus. Yeah, he's got to hang out at Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> really reaching for this one. All right. Well, this is Congo, 1997. and 1995, bro. Oh, I, th I said 1997 earlier, too. That's my bad. It's because another movie I was looking up that I was comparing this to is from 1997. That's Ooh. my mistake. Is that for later? Yeah, pretty soon, too, actually. But I wanted to talk about our Patreon. Dunlapper, The Dunlapper, Matt Dunlap. He's actually a friend of mine. He lives... Um, I don't know why I started to talk about where he lives. That's really not part I'm of I'm going to guess this. Dunlap. <laughs> he lives at 8203 Oro Vista Drive. He does not live in Dunlap, which is a little-known census district bureau between Goshen and Elkhart. Oh, false flag. But 
he is he's a friend and if you have a chance check out the dunlapper on instagram he takes really cool f- photos have you seen this stuff Mike? yeah i've seen his instagram very cool stuff just Dunlapper. Honestly, go go out and follow him on Instagram if you're not already and you're listening to this. But anyway, he chose Congo and he said, my choice is Congo from 1995, Laugh Face, Laugh Face. I just listened to the Mist and Predator episodes and it made me wonder if you guys had ever reviewed that. So I think he just likes these like big dumb movies, Kylo. Is that kind of the vibe you get? Like what is this? What is like the linking... thread between predator mist and congo the man likes genre movies you know and i do too and i did especially when this movie came out you know when i was a kid i used to watch this movie but other movies like this that had uh, just like a little bit of genre in them because if there was some genre then it was accessible to me as a child and congo of course is like you know a semi-realistic movie, but there's some like elements of science fiction here that are kind of unique, and there's that old Lost World vibe. It's funny you say that big dumb movie because you may know this, Josh, but we did a podcast on Congo at Big Dumb Movie a long time ago. <laughs> and I wanted to give you room to just shout out your pod, of course, as usual. But Mikey, wait, what about my uh, uncle? My uncle directed this. What? What? This is directed by my uncle Frank. Are you fucking with us? I am fucking with you. But you know what? (laughs) Frank Marshall, I love to do that with people. I'll be like, oh yeah, that's my Uh, uncle Frank. They'll be like, Frank Marshall? Corey Marshall. He's from Simi Valley. Mikey, this movie starts off with a cold open that kind of starts off the series of events that take place during the next 90, 95 minutes. Can you take us through this and our old army of darkness comrade who joins us? We get Bruce Campbell. We get a lot of people in this movie, actually. Yeah. This movie is actually pretty stacked with a lot of people. But um, it begins with uh, a bunch of explorers people going on an expedition it looks like but we end up seeing bruce campbell in the jungle and he's trying to communicate with his ex-fiance i guess is what we would call her now at this point but um they work for some telecommunications company or something i'm not exactly sure what the business is on this side of the the plot it was very confusing what they were trying to do but Mm. they they work together it's nothing less than world dominance I, right. I, and then need diamonds to do it. <laughs> of course. It's a true Mr. Freeze villain right here, right? Diamonds, <laughs> lasers, and satellites. It's all connected <laughs> in this project of world dominance. It's like a Schumacher uh, Batman movie, but not as, not <laughs> yeah. as awful. Not as many nipples. Uh, but he's he, he's trying to communicate with this woman, and he kind of abruptly ends the call, and the woman is really trying to get in contact with him again he gets taken away by another guy who ends up finding like this city they swim under a rock and and find this building no one's ever swum under this rock before check it out i found something (laughs) (laughs) no one ever thought to swim under this thing you know it's been here for all these years 
Jeffrey. <coughs> <coughs> this? Come on. From below, it just looks like jungle, but it's not just jungle. See? Jesus Christ. This is a big deal, Charles. This is a big find. I can't believe it's just sitting here. All these centuries just waiting for lucky us. I raise Houston. They're getting the old man. So come on, Cameron, share the glory. I guess we'll just have to get another team in here. All right. Let me grab my bag. I want to ask you guys something real quick. Have you guys ever seen the trailer for this movie? I mean, I'm sure I did when it was out. Yeah, I'm sure right? I did as a kid, but... Nothing fresh in your mind? No. I think the trailer is this movie's downfall. Because the trailer sets things up kind of in the way that you're setting things up, Mikey, but way more in your face about it. The trailer basically says, like, in Congo, something has been uncovered, an ancient species that man never knew existed, and this team is out to find them. And it's, like, very heavily leaning into, like, the lost world aspect of this movie. You know, there's a forgotten about kind of like almost semi-monstrous group of animals, right? They're kind of portrayed as monsters in this movie, the gray apes. that They're just mangy apes. They're just regular apes, but like more warts, right? And dirty, you know, and old. (laughs) More STDs, visible (laughs) STDs. The herped-out gorillas, you know? Corey, you're you're right. This I'm sure this trailer was probably pretty awesome, uh, but oh boy, the the trailer misrepresents the movie. Is my point, right? It represents it as something that it's not. Activate the remote. In the race for the world's most advanced communications technology, a shocking discovery has been made. What was that? Lock your remote. Give me a thermal reading result to six six. <laughs> I saw an animal move like that. Shoot it! Shoot it! How intelligent are they? See, they're smart. They're too damn smart. Watch out! Go! We're getting out of here. What about them? Put them on the endangered species list. From the best-selling novel by the author of Jurassic Park. The myth of the killer ape is true. Congo, where you are the endangered species. And this movie was marketed on that trailer and trailers like it. So people were very disappointed in what this movie is. I didn't know what this movie was when I first saw it. I just saw it and took it for what it was and really loved it. And I still really love it. But I just want to give that like quick heads up that I think Congo's failing links back to the marketing of this i feel like this movie doesn't exactly know what it is either because i i see where if i was cutting a trailer you might go with the lost world element it's like one of the few solid things uh, what would you put in the trailer kylo just blasting apes with lasers (laughs) all lasers (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the satellite, the CGI satellite. <laughs> Making trailers is a whole art form. You can't expect a man that has never done any kind of trailer editing and very little video editing to be like, Give, pitch me your trailer cut right now on M- the spot. More to my point is I think there's like five almost indistinguishable main plots, right? You have... talking ape you have a university scientist you have like kind of a love interest you have this feminine hero aspect of it you do have a lost city part of it i'm not sure what is taking the lead here in fair in fairness to whoever cut that trailer kylo is my point yeah i mean none of them really are taking the lead right it's like a bunch of people's journey that like all these people have come together for whatever reason, and this is the journey they happen to go on, right? It's like it's almost like a road trip movie, but it's not quite that. There's something else. I just don't know what the word is for like that equivalent, like this uh, expedition, this safari. It's almost like Lost City of Z, right? It's about the journeys that these people are taking and the things they experience on them, more so than what they find at the end, I think. And I didn't even mention Ernie Hudson when I was like rattling off five or six plot lines there. Uh, or Herkimer Homoka, formerly of Romania, free now from the chains of Ceausescu, traveling the world and doing good. He's a Romanian philanthropist. It's Tim Curry. Mikey, what do you think about his role in this movie? Clichés usually contain some element of truth. Oh, man, just seeing his face pop up in the uh, lecture hall or whatever really took me off guard because I didn't realize how many people were going to be in this movie and you already recognized like two or three. So, yeah, seeing him was really cool. Uh, I wish he had a bigger part and I wish we got to see more of his death. I I feel like the cut is bad uh, there, but he... Just wasn't in it enough for me, and I think he almost tries to drop the N-word, which is very bizarre. Oh, <laughs> forgot like, about that. <laughs> to Ernie Hudson out of nowhere. That was a very awkward moment. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a little weirdo in this, but uh, and he's only doing it to get diamonds, which are apparently the thing going on in this lost city. Three members of a safari died from exposure. The fourth was shot by we don't know who. It was an appalling suicide. We won't put And Mr. Hamalka here had to be carried out of the jungle by, as I remember it, me. I knew he wasn't a Romanian philanthropist. Oh, he's a Romanian. And he has done a lot of good, but mostly for Mr. Hamalka. Shut up, you filthy... Filthy warrant. Forgive me. All that traveling has left me shaken. Think nothing of it. All aboard! He does almost drop the N-word to Ernie Hudson. And <laughs> I've always loved that scene, how Ernie Hudson like puts him in his place. Like Ernie Hudson in this movie is the coolest motherfucker on the planet. He is so awesome. Monroe Kelly, he's our great white hunter, though he happens to be black. I just love how fucking smooth this guy is. Smooth <laughs> operator, you know, cool talker. Handles everything with just like a level head, even when like there's lasers and like gorillas doing cannonballs into lava and shit. <laughs> this man is fucking, he's just like the coolest guy in the world. I think this is really one of Ernie Hudson's best roles. It's where he really got to like lean into a certain kind of character. And I don't think he always does, you know? 
He's also jacked. Yeah, he's going all out with an accent as well. He's big. It's pretty good to see. Let's rewind a little bit, just in case there's some Brian's out there that don't watch the movie and just listen to the podcast. There's this cold open with Bruce Campbell. He's presumed dead. And our main, arguably our main character, Dr. Karen Ross, Laura Linney, uh, she has to rescue him slash the technology that he was gathering in the jungle. And there's kind of like a really key element that comes back into play at the end here. Right, Mikey? When she's talking to the CEO, I guess, of this company and his son. The Rupert is- Murdoch. Yeah. Company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Logan Roy of this fucked up telecommunications company. Do you recall kind of this line in, in the ultimatum she lays out? Uh, it was something about if you send me... Th- if you send me there to, I don't know, like, do anything other than bring back Bruce Campbell, I'm gonna make it your fucking problem or something along those lines. And like, by the time she gets there, her boss sends another expedition. They die instantly because crazy shit's happening in Africa or something. And then he like changes the mission objective to getting diamonds or something, something to power this laser. It's all very confusing. Kylo what's going on with the CEO? What What's his name? Do you remember this actor's name and the character? Yeah, name? this is Jordan Baker. Why does he care more about the stockholders and stuff than he does his own son? Do you know anything about why he's so evil? <laughs> well, That's so, his yes. son? Bruce Campbell's <laughs> supposed to be his son? Yep. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So this is famous B actor Jodon Baker, who's been in like no less than 80 movies. This guy has been in a ton of shit. But in this case, he happens to be the guy running this, what is basically a tech company in the 90s. They didn't really call them tech companies back then, at least not as commonly as it is now. But he is running what they call in the movie a communications company, right? And In this communications company, they have this satellite that is basically like their main mechanism for delivering their service, and it's how they make all their money. I'm going to go into a little bit into the weeds here. So, Do it. Is there service lasers? What is their service? (laughs) (laughs) It's like communications, (laughs) presumably like cell phones. Brett's brother, Brian, appreciates it when we do things like this. And I do like bringing up individual listeners sometimes calling him out what up the wolf (laughs) (laughs) druid king continue kylo please barky 420 (laughs) 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 all right so what jodan baker's mission is is to figure out how to keep their company moving because he realizes that the technology they're using is going to be obsolete soon they're in development with this new technology which is basically this type of laser that they're going to use for something we don't know what but it needs these particular type of blue alluvia diamonds that in the movie are found in the Virunga region of Congo near a volcano due to the way like the volcanic activity interacts with the diamonds they're so pure now there is a book of this this is a Michael Crichton story and the book goes way more into detail on that apparently Steve told me about this once, but they really get into detail about why these diamonds are used for that particular type of laser technology. 
It has to do with like the way like the diamonds are boron doped by the volcanic ash or something like that. Not super important for this, but these details do exist in the book that this is based on. Yeah, but not how a laser cuts through a fucking monkey. Because <laughs> uh, a, a laser powered by a diamond could just be a, a fucking laser pointer, not a not a goddamn death ray. <laughs> <laughs> not a heat ray. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, weird, weird new slant for this communications company. You just go into weapons. You know, I, they never really make it clear if they're going to weaponize it, right? But the implication, I think, is there. Like, it can be weaponized, but they're a communications company. I'm sure there's some means to make it useful for them. But in the book, this company's pretty cutthroat, and there's a lot of competitors, and they're constantly competing with each other. And a group of competitors is like one of the antagonists in the book. So his rush to get this is to get ahead of his competition, at least in the book. In this movie, you know, there's kind of two things, right? He wants to go and retrieve the diamonds and tech, but his son is also there. He tells Karen, I need you to go there to recover my son. But she kind of can see through his bullshit. She's like, all right, but motherfucker, if I find out that you just sent me here for the diamonds and tech and not your son, I'm going to get some payback. He has this line, I'll be human later. <laughs> yeah. That's like, okay, you need to quit working for this man, Laura. And he never did become human anyway, so he lied. This guy's insane. He, he's he didn't. Very, but the, he's the best part of the movie to me. The 1997 movie that I was thinking of earlier is Event Horizon. And when Bruce Campbell's like camera is getting taken out, it really is like that scene from Event Horizon where they're like watching the old security footage and there's like a living hell on the ship. Do you guys remember that? Oh yeah. It's pretty spooky. And that's what we get in this movie, but it's the STD gorillas just fucking <laughs> stuff up at this game. <laughs> it really sets the movie into motion, doesn't Matt, guys? Like the whole expedition kind of starts. This after Bruce Campbell gets trashed, Laura Linney has to go out there. She has like unlimited funds from this communications company, especially compared to maybe main character 1A, Dylan Walsh's Dr. Peter Elliott. Mikey, bring us up to date with Dr. Peter Elliott. Where is he living his life right before he goes on this expedition? Humans are dangerous. Gorillas are very gentle. This is the saddest man I've ever seen portrayed in cinema. <laughs> and he's definitely sexually harassing this, this monkey at any chance he gets. Constantly flicking its nipples. It's very weird. Oh my God. <laughs> Just monkey. tickling this monkey nonstop. He's constantly fucking things up with this monkey. And like he knocks over this communications lady's shit. They can no longer communicate with Rupert Murdoch uh, because him and his monkey fuck shit up. Um, but they're just like, he, this guy is uh, really just trying to take Amy back to the Congo. Uh, it's kind of implied that he's gonna leave her there i don't think she'd survive on her own because she like needs medicine and stuff uh but oh she needs medicine <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna let that one slip josh uh i didn't i wasn't in position for it <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> she needs uh, medicine 
<laughs> Thanks, but <man>. basically, <laughs> their whole deal is just an excuse for Laura Linney's character to hop along and uh, kind of take over this expedition while also funding it. And she doesn't really care about the monkey at all. Uh, she doesn't give a fuck that it can speak sign language. <laughs> She's just there to go get Bruce Campbell. Uh, and these guys are kind of just doing their own thing. Really, nobody cares about the professor or the monkey at all. They're, they're, nobody's impressed with them, and they are not really that helpful. Hang out with me for a second, because I think this is... I'm stumbling onto something as you're talking here, Mikey. None of the main characters share... Common goal? Yeah, at, at all. Like, Laura Linney is looking for her ex-fiance. Peter Elliott is just looking to free Amy. Uh, Ernie Hudson is looking to, like, make money and just get out safely on the other side. Tim Curry is looking for the secret city and the diamonds. Uh, and Richard... Grant has Grant Heslow Richard is just, like, dragged along on this. Doesn't want to be there at all. You know what I mean? On and on we go. Like, everyone has a completely different outlook. And I think... That is kind of interesting in the movie because no one, like every time there's a fork in the road, so to speak, everyone kind of has like a different opinion and that's cool to see play out. But I think, Kylo, don't you think that does play to the detriment of the movie sometimes? It's really hard for me to see flaws in the movie Congo. <laughs> I, <laughs> quote that out I, of this episode. <laughs> I love this movie so deeply, Josh. It's hard to describe. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a story. And, you know, when I talk, I know I tend to ramble. I'm sorry. When I was a kid, I would go to my grandma's Ramble house, on. And I told you guys I used to rent the It movie, the It miniseries sometimes. So that's one of my memories at my grandma's house. But aside from renting that, she had about four VHS tapes. One of them was Congo. One of them was Indian in the Cupboard. One of them was a goofy movie, and the other one, I'm forgetting now, but there really weren't that many movies, and I was a big movie kid, so I always wanted to be watching a movie. I would always watch Congo first. Congo has been one of my favorite movies of the 90s since I saw it, and it's a damn regrettable shame <laughs> that I didn't include it in my top 10 movies of the 90s on Cine Study Podcast. If I could redo it, I definitely would. I love this movie, Josh. Love it. So, like, when it comes to, like, the story structure uh, problems that you might say, they don't really bother me. The stuff that I think is flawed about the movie is, like, way more glaring than that. And we'll talk about some of that in a little bit. Will we, or will you avoid the question and be like, I just blindly love this movie too much? It's a perfect movie in Corey's eyes. <laughs> 10 out of 10, 100 Rotten Tomatoes scores. Like, <laughs> Well, it does feature a smoking monkey, and that does add two stars. So we have also in this movie Jimmy Buffett, 
who plays some random pilot. And there's also Joe Pantoliano. Joey Pants. Yeah, I he really stood out in this role, but it's just so utterly brief, isn't it, Mikey? I wanted to just talk about him for a second. Can't even find he, him on the IMDb right now. He is in it, right? Yeah, he plays Eddie Ventro. Mm-hmm. There's a couple people that I feel like aren't listed just because there's so many people in the movie. Uh, but he Uncredited, is, he is. Yeah, He's just kind of like a handler, I guess, and he's just kind of shipping or ferrying people on a airport runway. Uh, it's a very... It's uh, kind of a memorable scene, and then he like hops on this ferry thing and almost backs up into the truck. Do you guys see that <laughs> when he's uh, trying to reverse? He's <laughs> almost steers right into the truck that's going behind him. But- <laughs> I wonder if Ky- like it. It struck me that I feel like his character is almost like this is what the group Sherpa could be. This Joe Pantoliano kind of creepyzoid guy you don't really want to be around and then they introduce ernie hudson and it's like thank goodness we're with this guy who's like actually a protector and cool does that make sense he's almost like a device to make ernie hudson even cooler and i think it kind of works damn i think just by the way joey pants is dressed it's like i don't i'm not gonna trust this guy in the jungle he's got a hawaiian shirt on very bright colors he looks like he's going to the beach and then Ernie Hudson comes in and he's just like Indiana Jones. And it's yeah. like Arnold. He's like Arnold hero. Schwarzenegger plus yeah. Indiana Jones. <laughs> Ernie Hudson is so cool. Delroy Lindo isn't isn't listed in this movie either. He's also got like a two minute part in this movie. He's got a scene very famous among 90s kids, you know. He says, stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> Dude, I knew you loved that line when I was... When I was watching that. Is it that obvious? Just a homoka. Stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake. Mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson at this point, when they like have there's a scene on a runway in like the country they're in in Africa's in a really bad spot because two rival factions are going at it. Civil wars are breaking out everywhere. And there's also just like really dangerous terrain everywhere. And a lot of unknowns. This is where kind of Ernie Hudson becomes the vehicle for the rest of the movie, at least for a long stretch here, in my opinion, Kylo, I know you love him. You talked about how cool he is. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of these early adventures and some of the borders they have to cross, some of the hijinks here as they get on their way. Yeah. Well, you know, early Ernie Hudson does show up as Monroe Kelly, and he's very impressive right away because shit's just going haywire at the fucking airport. There's an explosion, and we find out later that it was an assassination attempt on the president. Just so happened to be in their proximity. So our, our group here is really fucked. But Ernie Hudson's their guide. He's the guy that was paid a lot of money. He shows up. He's like, you guys got a lot of money, right? And they're like, yeah, why? He pulls out a gun and just like hijacks a truck to get them out of there. He has his like henchmen in the front, you know, posing as like military. They, they make it through like one checkpoint, though, until they're stopped by military, local militia group warlords henchmen who knows right this fucking region is utter chaos they have to pay off delroy lindau's character which again 
a scene I love when he tells uh, Herkimer Homolko to stop eating his cake because he sits everyone down. <laughs> he first says, have some coffee and cake. And they just sit there. And he's like insisting. He goes, have some. Herkimer Homolko takes a bite and says, stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> Tim Curry stunned as you can, you know, as you could imagine. He's like, excuse me? And he literally has to like spit out the cake, talks a bunch of shit. But, you know, Ernie Hudson and Laura Linney, they have to like pay this guy off. Wait, 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 wait. Kylo, I have to talk to you about this guy too. I thought you were going to move beyond him because I know you like the sesame cake quote, but he has a quote in here that has stuck with me my entire life and I didn't really realize it till this watch through. Like you're saying, they have to pay him off, right? And Laura Linney pulls out two huge stacks of Benjamins, right, Kylo? Fuck yeah, <laughs> How much dude. money is that? Dude, I... <laughs> 20,000? Was it did it say 10k on the band or whatever? <laughs> anyway, she sets these two like huge bands down. Bam, bam. And that president guy just goes Moa. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was like my mom would like fill up my cup with grape Kool-Aid like 75% <laughs> of the way up and I'd be like Moa. <laughs> Just a little bastard. Nobody peeking. (laughs) What a classic scene. He has the dirtiest, grimiest paper bag, like (laughs) the greasiest paper bag from his takeout lunch, like nearby. And he sticks all the money in there and staples it up. I don't know why, but to me, that's just like a very memorable image, right? Because he's kind of in a pristine ish office, but he's just got this grimy bag and he staples the top so no one can look in from the top, which is just a weird thing. I always thought that was a weird thing that he stapled the bag shut. Yeah, that is weird. It's just a grocery bag. Captain, I need that truck. You need the truck? You also need 10 good men to the border. More. Is that a Stevie question? Why did he staple the bag? (laughs) Don't you have that in the soundboard? It got corrupted. I don't know what happened. I think Martin's hijacked me. They got pissed that we were using. I'll find a new. I'll find a new clip. I got to scour YouTube. But if you just need a second to queue it up, I got. We can wait. No, I got to do a whole thing to get it. Put it in for YouTube, man. I got to find a commercial on YouTube. That's the problem. It's like, I don't have that ready to go. Another scene that's in here, Kylo, just so we don't breathe, breeze over everything, is like they're in a plane. They get shot oh. down. They have to parachute yeah. out of it. You like that? This is cool. You like that stuff? Fucking love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we don't linger on it. What is your... What is your favorite part of, about that mo- part of the movie? Congo, flawless movie. So things are fucked where they are. Like traveling is a very difficult prospect. So they get in their little jet. You know, they're flying at a pretty low altitude. They don't make it very far while flying before like local warlord soldiers start firing heat seekers in their direction. So Laura Linney, Karen Ross, the fucking badass that she is, takes a flare gun, 
kicks open the hatch of the plane and shoots flares outside the plane so that the heat seekers will hit those and not the plane. But, you know, that's really a temporary, like, way to maintain their flight for maybe another minute or two. That's not going to, like, permanently, like, get them off their back. So they all have to parachute out. And, you know, Tim Curry's really afraid. Richard just is like, oh, no, no. I've always loved Richard's reaction to the fact that they have to parachute. He's just like, no. Like, this is not a fucking option, motherfucker. This plane's going down. Push me, please. Harder, please. Uh, I love it, though. I really love the part with the flares, though. I think it's so cool, especially the shot of Ernie Hudson and Laura Linney together side by side. And they both are like, you know, one arm moving at the same time and they fire the flares at the same time. It's pretty sweet. It is pretty cool. After they leave this area and like jump out of the plane, there's kind of this huge section of the movie that's more about hiking and camping. I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like this middle act might be the strongest. I think the sets when they're in the jungle look amazing. I love how the apes and the gorillas haven't made their like full appearance yet. And they're just kind of a vague threat still. Do you guys similarly think this middle act might be the strongest part of the movie? I mean, that's tough to decide. Uh, that's tough to 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 choose this part when uh, we know that there's lasered monkeys coming up. So it's <laughs> tough tough follow. Uh, I love the on location <laughs> filming, Josh. You know they did film in a lot of exotic places, and I don't think they were necessarily in Ac- Africa, but they were definitely in real places. I like the just the threats. That is not the main threat, like you said, right? Yes. The threat of the environment, the threat of a local tribe, of animals, of the a snake. fucking... <laughs> the snake scene is pretty funny. <laughs> One snake. <laughs> One snake. Hey, it's a scary snake. <laughs> the fucking most evil creature on earth, the hippopotamus. Dude, that is so terrifying. That was a pretty cool scene. It is cool. That was really cool to see. <laughs> a lot of rafting. Spell that scene out. Mikey, color it out for the listener. They had been rafting all day. They got these little inflatable uh, uh, rafts or whatever that they've been going on down rapids and stuff on. So now it's nighttime and they're finally on some calmer waters. I, I think it's Ernie Hudson that notices that something is like following them in the water. And so he points his gun, <laughs> but it's they just get attacked from all sides by like humongous hippopotamus hippos and a couple guys get taken out i think a guy gets like his leg chomped on kylo surely watched this frame by frame what what's the end result what's the score when the hippo scene is over <laughs> uh yeah they definitely took out a raft and after it, they do say that like someone is injured, but he'll be fine with stitches. With stitches, but at the same time, a lot of people die in this movie and are just like that person's dead. We never have to mention them again. Yes, including some of our favorite characters like Richard. Wait, what? Richard does not get a proper send off, man. Why are you so? Why is he your favorite character? 
Richard? One of, well, yeah, why is he one of your favorite characters? Well, Herkimer Homolka is my favorite character. Like, my, maybe my favorite Tim Curry character ever. But Richard is just funny because he is not along for this ride whatsoever. He doesn't even want to go to Africa. He has to do all this really dangerous shit. He's like Dante from Clerks. He's not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> that guy's getting in his face. Who's Kafka? Tell me. <laughs> Just gets shit on the whole movie. Yeah, he gets shit on And then he gets beat to death by a goddamn monstrous STD-ridden gonorrhea gorilla. <laughs> Off screen. They don't even show it. They're building it up, man. And these monkeys, they always go for the eyes. Yeah, if they would have sure if they would have shown it, Kylo, what would we have seen when Richard dies? Because <laughs> ah, he comes man. running later. He's just like all fucked up, right? I feel like, like they gave him a good like slap to the face, you know, <laughs> but a powerful slap. He does the uh, the Three Stooges, pokes him in the eyes, <laughs> and slaps him on the ears, <laughs> <laughs> and his fucking head explodes. <laughs> they go up to the next guy. They try to poke him in the eyes, and he does, like, the hand between the eyes. <laughs> oh, he blocks it. <laughs> he does something like that. Grabs his ear. Uh, Am I misremembering this? Didn't Richard survive the initial attack, and he, like, kind of runs in and warns the group, and then he falls dead? It's like yeah. part of his jaw is missing or something. He's just very battered. I'm, I'm led to believe he has, like, internal bleeding. I think they tore his dick off. Punched all his guts to <laughs> oh, pieces. <most> definitely. <laughs> broke off his jaw, and he's just like a shell of a man. That's what <laughs> chimps really do, man. I know. They skinned him. <laughs> it's called degloving, I think, actually. <laughs> a full Unfortunately. body degloving. <laughs> I want to ask you, Josh, because I know you're hosting, so you don't get a lot of the meaty stuff, but what did you think of Amy... The gorilla in this movie. Amy, pretty. Amy, pretty. Ugly woman. Yeah. One thing I think Pappy would have railed on is how often they like drug the ape as a, as movie a gag tool to like get her out of the picture. Yeah. <laughs> as a prank. <laughs> yeah. He goes, You give her the banana with the dope inside? Yes, I gave her the banana with the dope inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Amy's passed out for about a third of the movie. <laughs> Uncanny Simi Valley with this ape. <laughs> you don't like it? I, I, I actually think it looks pretty good. Um, it's just... Yeah, what's I going I, on here? What is the tech? What are we looking at? It's got to be a person in there, right? Like It is. This and is then, none other than Stan Winston Studios. I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, the Terminator, Alien. Stan Winston's one of the most acclaimed special effects companies, right? He's a guy, but he has his own company, like Rick Baker. And they did the gorilla animatronics and suits. I agree, Mikey. I think they look good, but you can... Yeah, the other really silverbacks good. are too? Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what about the STD apes? Are those real? Those oh, ones okay. are real. Yeah, those... They found those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they found those in Detroit. They had them tested. <laughs> Definitely STD ridden.
So I want to say about Amy, she is played by an actress named Misty Rosas, who I follow on Instagram. I follow her because she's a famous Star Wars actress now. She is Kuil in The Mandalorian. Not Nick Nolte, the voice, but the person in the Kuil costume, as well as Frog Lady, who you may remember from the Mandalorian Frog Lady episodes with all the spiders and shit. Is that the one where Grogu like eats their babies? The baby? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a baby eating babies, you know? Yeah, it happens. There's this, I think you touched on it earlier. They do come in contact with like a tribe that seemingly has very little contact to the outside world. Do we need to mention any more than that? Any other details in here you want to pull out? Well, they find the other guy, not Bruce Campbell, but the guy he was with. And they're doing sort sort of a seance around him, and they believe that his soul has escaped his body somehow. He's not quite dead. He's just, like, unconscious and in shock or something. Uh, but the uh, expedition group goes over there and tries to talk to him, and he sees Amy and instantly dies from PTSD or shock or something. But... It's a, I don't know. They get absolutely no information from him. Uh, so it, it doesn't really matter. He like has a heart attack or something. Yeah, it seems like he has a heart attack. You know, the fear takes hold. Interesting thing. I kind of always thought he was the guy that was with Bruce Campbell in the beginning. He's actually not that exact guy. That was Jeffrey. This is Bob Driscoll. And the thing that is a giveaway on that. Is that remember that Jeffrey had his, his eye eyes. torn out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the giveaway. I noticed that too. But but I am confused who this guy is. Is this guy from that second plane we saw? Yeah, down? what is this guy from? He is from uh Bruce Campbell's group. He's just one of the other guys, presumably. That's confusing. They should have shown him earlier, for sure. So this camping trip, hiking trip continues. With the casualties along the way, some by rhino, some by drowning, some by who knows what. Some some of these guys are just, some of these porters are just running off too, right, Kylo? Well, yeah. I mean, they're just like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen <Rightfully> enough. So. <laughs> are they like, running what? off or are they getting picked off by gorillas in the night? I think they're just leaving, dude. Okay. What amount of money is worth this, Josh? Like, to you. You the man, Josh, you know? It's like, is there an amount of money where you would do the things that the people in this movie are doing? Diamonds. Well, the amount of money we're looking at with all those diamonds that are laying all over the floor, that's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money, but is that... I mean, to me, money hits a certain point to where it's like, it becomes like useless, right? Once you have enough to do anything you want, what else do you need? <laughs> Once you can buy all the Mighty Max toys, what do you need to do, you know? You always think about like how much like uh how much does a parachute cost? Like would you just wear a parachute all the time ever everywhere you went and buy one for like $2000? No, you wouldn't. But if you were in a plane that was crashing, you would drain all of your bank accounts to buy one parachute if you could have it on your back at that moment. You know what I mean? It's like a supply and demand sort of thing. I don't know. 
nothing on that one boy. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just blew my mind, man. <laughs> blew my fucking mind. <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know. I'm at the scene in the movie where uh, they're singing All the Leaves Are Brown <laughs> to uh, <laughs> this fucking monkey and they're doing the rounds. <laughs> That's how I first heard that song. Yeah. California Dreaming. The sky is gray. I've been for a walk on a winter's day. On a winter's day. I I'd say walk, 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 if I was in LA. If I was in LA. California, California dreaming. This is another part where they're trying to make Amy pass out. Amy's got to go to sleep. Anyway, we saw this like the, you mentioned it earlier, Kylo. There's like this little place where you can swim under a rock. You follow a path, and you're like in this city. And we didn't really get to see it before. It's just more like alluded to. But we finally have our group all entering the city proper. It's the city of lost city of Zin. The ancient biblical king Solomon supposedly sent people here to get diamonds and wrote about it or something and. I think some of that lore is cool, Kylo, even though you trashed on it in the trailer. But what are we looking at once we swim under that rock and we pop up <laughs> on the other side? Well, apparently there's another way in. You don't have to swim under the rock because they hey. find another way in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the city of Zinj with a J at the end. So city of Zinj, you know, they do find it. There is a I that is symbolic for this city that is nothing like the eye actually in the city, right? We see the eye. We see traces of it throughout the movie. Tim Curry's wearing an eye ring. Amy's been painting a yellow eye. We see a statue of a head that, yes, it has eyes, but I don't think it's an exact match. That might be one of the things I'd knock this movie for. Like, the eye symbol doesn't exactly line up with the way it's supposed to. But at first, the city of Zinj itself is pretty barren. There's not a lot going on. It's ruins. Wait a second. Wait a second. Would you believe Tim Curry if you're one of the other bystanders when he's going on his rant about the eye and showing the symbol and like what the monkey drew? Because it seems like a pretty loose connection to me. It's a yellow circle, right? No, probably not. But, you know, I would be like everyone (laughs) else. I'd be like, fine. Like, whatever you want, dude. Like, if we find a city of diamonds, <laughs> sure. Like, great. He's really few, hinging but. on that. This monkey remembers where this city is or, or even knows where it is at all. It's like, because even the professor is like, maybe it's just the shape she likes. I don't know. I don't know. She's drawing the jungle. That's where I'm taking her. He does, like, write him off, though, really quickly about that, right? He's like, what do you think is with that, uh, this image she's been painting? He's like, I don't know. This fucking image she likes. I don't know, man. It's like, dude, you're a primatologist. Like, maybe you like get into the psyche a little bit about that. Like, you never thought about that. Like, why is she painting this? Like, he just like writes <laughs> him off so was quickly. Too busy tickling his monkeys <laughs> to pay attention, sir. I'm a professional monkey tickler. <laughs> <laughs> what if Amy was drawing like Rorschach tests or like a bunch of crucifixes or like six six sixes, and he's like, oh, it's just like the jungle. <laughs> What do you think this looks like in here? (laughs) Peter Elliott's plan 
at least what he's trying to like convince, I don't know, whoever's trying to give, give him money or whoever he's asking money from, is he says, well, we can take Amy back home and then she can teach the other gorillas what I taught her, which like one isn't a guaranteed thing to happen, right? It's probably highly unlikely that the gorilla is going to pass on the human language to the other gorillas. And then two, if she does, no one will know about it. No one will know that that happened, right? They're going to be completely living in their natural habitat away from humans. It, what's the fucking point, man? I never got the feeling that that was his main motivation, though. It truly he, seemed to be like Amy in captivity is going to go nuts eventually. So we should like let her loose. And she has to have like her own gorilla community to survive right so. amy would get murdered immediately if not by the <laughs> environment the other fucking gorillas that would think she's what if she's hot hybrid or something she's hot she's pretty she's pretty amy pretty she goes in there looking like jennifer aniston they're just gonna murder her no they're gonna be like oh dude you're starting to sound like peter elliott <laughs> what the hell yeah, you want to tickle this monkey what's what's your deal back off the gorilla josh <laughs> It's the Jennifer Aniston of gorillas, guys. The Laura Linney of gorillas. <laughs> this monkey has no survival skill, or this gorilla has no survival skills, though. It wouldn't, it wouldn't survive. Yeah, it's like Amy's like halfway through the jungle with the group, and instead of like going to the stream to get water, she just starts like sign languaging water over and over again. <laughs> yeah, Amy thirsty. Amy so thirsty. <laughs> Amy dying slowly. Amy help help help. She like Amy makes her dead. way into a town and like breaks open a vending machine and cracks a Pepsi. <laughs> Amy needs Sprite. <laughs> no, yeah, it'd be like obey your thirst, Sprite. <laughs> you guys see that uh, Sierra Mist is now starry? I want to try one, uh, but I, I bet you it tastes exactly the same. I I wonder if they just rebranded the name. Sprite pretty, starry ugly, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Sprite, man. I could talk about Sprite commercials from this era as well. <laughs> Shit. Grant Hill drinks Sprite. <laughs> the fucking marketing for this movie, I was talking about that earlier. This movie was like huge at Taco Bell. Taco Bell had this like insane <laughs> Congo merch push. So they had a burrito like the volcano burrito that was specifically made to promote Congo. But they had these wristwatches that you could buy. And I had one of them and I fucking wanted again. They were so cool. They were kind of, of course, kind of like cheap wristwatches that just, you know, said the time like a digital clock. But still, man, they like official Congo Taco Bell watches. And I fucking love those. So listeners, donate a Congo wristwatch if you're a big fan. <laughs> We'll count it as a month of Patreon. Mikey, uh, Kylo sent me a link of it, and it has, like, Amy on on it, like, on the face. And as, like, midnight turns to 6 o'clock, she gets, like, more and more naked as it, like, goes <laughs> around. Jeez. No, it's a God. pen. You hold it upside down, and the clothes come off. Uh. <laughs> it's like Amy in a bikini, and you flip it upside down. Holy shit, I'm gonna come. <laughs> You know what, though? Uh, On this topic, one of the things I've always loved about this movie, and I think it's better for it, no romantic subplot. 
I feel like so many movies just put in a romantic subplot because they feel like the guy and the girl need to get together. This movie doesn't do that bullshit. It doesn't need it. It doesn't have to be there. That's not what this movie is. And I'm really happy. Don't you think it's hinted at? It definitely hinted at. I just think the the writers forgot about it. (laughs) I really Everyone has a different motivation. There's no time to wrap that up. Don't you remember the monkeys screaming in the middle of the night scene? That was very sexually charged. Yeah. Just holding their sleeping bags up, Kyla. I think that was just up, to Kyla. tell us, like, he gets a boner, then he gets a leech on his dick the next day. <laughs> <laughs> he howls at, at Laura Linney like an animal. Right after the, the speech about the monkeys are just fucking in the, in the jungle at, at this hour right now. Just a primatologist having fun, man. No sexual connotations. I was surprised, though, that he didn't know what that was, considering he's a primatologist. He's like, what is that sound? Yeah. He's like being educated on monkeys by Monroe Kelly. <laughs> One of the most mainstream monkeys there are, like the Colobus monkeys. <laughs> it's like, hello. He only knows about Amy. That's the only thing <laughs> he knows. <laughs> and it mostly revolves around tickling Amy. Yeah, well, when they see the other gorillas later, Monroe's like, you know, don't look him in the eye and don't run. And he's like, I know, I've read the books. And I'm thinking, like, this guy's a doctor. He should be saying, I fucking wrote the book, bitch. Like, Yeah, he should be like, this should not be the first gorilla he's ever seen in the wild either. <laughs> it's like, do you not go to the zoo ever? Why well, don't understand. <laughs> do you not work in a zoo with zoo. other animals besides Amy? He's still writing his book. He's like, four chapters in and still describing Amy's like left pinky toe or something like that. It's really creepy. It was like a beautiful giant jelly bean. (laughs) The feet chapter is very long. We get out of like the camping part, as I said, as we enter the city of Zinge. And our main characters all enter the city and then kind of back out and retreat out of the city pretty quickly here. And this is one of, if not the most memorable scene, or at least visual visual for me when I saw this when I when I was in junior high when this first came out. And that is the scene set, Mikey, where the group is setting up a perimeter with all these like lasers, handgun turrets and lasers. And I don't know what else is cool in this scene. Testing the perimeter. How intelligent are they? Gorillas are very smart, but they're not aggressive. These things are very aggressive. I'd say they're smart. They're too damn smart. They're out there. But what are they doing? Monroe? 
Um, everybody's got like an AK-47 or a shotgun and they're just blasting monkeys everywhere. All monkeys must die, uh, besides Amy. <laughs> and these gorillas, I mean, I don't know if they know what they're really doing, uh, but they just continue to walk into the, into fire of, uh, everybody's guns and into all these lasers, which are like connected to automatic turrets so you're getting blasted for like a good a good two minutes we don't see too many casualties though here though do we it's not like it's more like they're testing the perimeter in my memory than getting just like slaughtered yeah they do get wrecked but we also don't see the aftermath so like you're right josh do the other gorillas drag their bodies away <laughs> maybe so you know triage because they do play it both ways they like to show the gorillas getting really fucked up by like especially the laser wall thing they have set up which is like a weird inclusion kind of in retrospect like the laser laser wall shouldn't really be there especially if the laser at the end is such a big deal right if you can just erect a laser wall i mean just do that it looks cool though you know <laughs> but at the end there's no like leftover dead ones just like Bigfoot. That's why we've never found Bigfoot. Because if Bigfoot die, the other Bigfoots take away the body. Obviously. Josh, I'm sorry to tell you this, dude. There is not a Bigfoot, man. <laughs> you gotta let this fucking thing go, dude. There is not a fucking Bigfoot. The Earth is round, and fucking the government didn't do 9-11. But aliens are real. <laughs> okay. The Earth is round, but the government definitely did 9-11. Like, you're on a huge spectrum of possibility here. He went 100 to 0 miles per hour there. Anyway, I don't need to go on conspiracy theory stuff here because this movie has... Right, we'll do the Truther podcast next time. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get to the best scene of the movie, okay? They set up this perimeter, they survive the night, most of them do, and they decide to go back into the city the next day. And I don't even know if they really decide to. It's more like they wake up the next morning and some people are missing and they're pretty sure they went back into the city, so they gotta go retrieve them. Tim Curry is one of them. Is that the only reason they go in? I think so. So they go in, and this is where they do link up with Tim Curry, they keep exploring the city, and... They step out into this gladiator arena, just beehive of the STD apes. <laughs> and this is where a huge part of the climax of the movie plays out. And I'll let either one of you just kind of take it from here as they just stumble upon this arena. Go ahead, Mikey. No, you. it's your movie, Corey. You go. This is your childhood movie and there are no flaws within this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your perfect movie <laughs> tim curry the lovable ham that he is finally achieves his dream of finding this lost diamond mine and he is fucking pumped man there's diamonds scattered all over the floor. and everyone, Big ones. Huge. And everyone is really freaked out about 
that they're being surrounded by these fucking gray gorillas. But Tim Curry is in the zone, man. He doesn't care. God bless this actor's heart. He is fucking amazing. It's like really hammy. It's kind of chewing the scenery. He's just so like juicy. Tim Curry is fucking, I love him. And he gets his shit rocked by these gray gorillas. He is their first victim, right? Because he's kind of straying off, picking up diamonds. He's like kind of putting them in his shirt, like something kind of slobbish about the way he's collecting them, right? Like the way he's holding them and like how he kind of like trots with his mouth open. The gorillas catch up with him. They look fucking horrifying. They look like a goddamn nightmare. And they just beat the shit out of him. It's just the one of the worst ways you can die is just being bludgeoned to death by these fucking things. It kind of reminded me a little of Shaun of the Dead. Do you remember when like all the zombies just pile on and start like grabbing the guts out of some of the mm. characters? Mm. It's like that, except the gorillas are just like punching them. Or they like, sometimes they have a finishing move where it looks like they bring their fists together like two pendulums and just smash <laughs> the skull. <laughs> I love the first hit where, where the gorilla just smacks him in the back, right in the middle of the back, and he <laughs> falls to his knees. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're dealing with people in suits, but like, if that's a real gorilla, like, how much, like. Oh, that'd snap your. Spine in half. <laughs> How much pounds of pressure is that? Like, that's just fucking brutal. And yeah, you know, they, they do the makeup on Tim Curry pretty well to like, once he gets hit in the face once, like, his face looks mangled and fucking just beaten. Do you guys think that we should be more scared of gorillas and apes as a whole? Like, they're so much more physically dominant than we are. If they ever, like, get one and a half, two steps, two increments smarter, we're going to be fucked. They just need, like, 40 good men to take over any major city on Earth, I feel like. They're ridiculous. (laughs) someone, Someone should turn this into a movie series, dude. This is great stuff. And what would that what, what would that be a called? Rise of Planet of Apes? <laughs> is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> I agree, Josh. And yes. It's reasons like that I would never. I don't care if it's like tame, old, if it's the fucking friendly Coco the sign lang- language gorilla from years ago, I would never sit in the same room with a fucking gorilla or like a chimpanzee. I don't give a fuck how trained you say it is. None of that shit. There's no goddamn way. You know, one of the my mantras, you could ask like people that like know me, my family and stuff. I always say, I don't fuck with animals. And just imagine how easily this thing could fucking kill you. I would imagine a gorilla would fuck you up just as quickly as it like a, a tiger would like just no hesitation they just protect themselves and just rock your shit immediately you die instantly dude you remember when tarambi was dragging that kid like he was just like bringing him from one place to another like he wasn't even necessarily trying to hurt that kid and it looked fucking violent and like brutal and quick I think, you know, I think that's why they shot him. I don't know if we want to talk about Harambe or if that's too, like, of a hot-button issue or whatever. Cincinnati like, Zoo, baby. Midwest. It was, like, it was just scary that that kid got dragged, I think, so they shot him. They, like, freaked out because it was, like, 
uh, they were like probably like stunned by like the abruptness and how, the how easy he was just dragging them around. Yeah. But I think this whole point is like a big reason why they took such pains to like do the animatronics and people in the suit and all of that artwork because a tame semi-tame gorilla has to be like somewhat of an option but i don't know if you could find the cast and crew to just sit around on set with this thing like it would be insane it, it would be a dangerous situation yeah because like you know you're talking about like there's movies where they have chimps sometimes right mm-hmm. or like a monkey but like do you want something like five times that size <laughs> like i don't think so yeah. we do get a sick uh scene of amy sticking up for the the professor she does rally the troops and kind of set, sets everything at ease until uh, Laura Linney decides to start blasting, even though everybody's <laughs> kind of calmed down. <laughs> Josh, what did you think of the scene when Amy shows up to rescue Peter? Because, like, you know, I said there's a few things I don't like. That's one of the things I don't love about this because, like, they're so, like, violent and, like, so, like, uh, primitive in nature and just, like, you know, like the the beast mindset of just kill, 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 and Amy shows up and they're like, they hesitate. What do you think? Ugly gorillas, ugly, go away. They don't know what to make of it. Amy. It's definitely like a movie thing for sure. But something I said earlier in the podcast, if you held that in your mind, I think it makes a lot of sense. We have these, if you could assign like an actor or a couple of actors that would be equivalent to these like STD apes, who would it be? Like Al Bundy (laughs) is an ape. Maybe Homer Homer Simpson. <laughs> what Ed O'Neill? Right, you just got some old crusty dudes here. Gary Busey. Oh, that's a good one. It's like a hundred male apes, right? And all of a sudden, Jennifer Aniston walks into the room. <laughs> 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 there would be a pause. No one wants to kill. Jennifer Aniston, they want to hang out with her, get to know her. So you're saying like it's like Randy Quaid on a drunken frenzy, but like you think Amy's beauty stopped them in their tracks? It's a theory, okay? It's a theory. It's a take I've never heard, and it's amazing, actually. Like as weird as it is, like I've never heard anyone <laughs> say it. the gorillas are so attracted to Amy. Amy, pretty. She says it often enough. You know, Amy if you have pretty. to say it yourself, though, is it really true? You know. Yeah, is it even true? <laughs> Amy's a butterface. Let's be fair. Let's talk about the moment that I know everyone remembers from this movie. Like, if people saw this movie, there's probably like two things they remember: evil gray gorillas. And a fucking laser gun from <laughs> the movie Laser Blast or something. <laughs> the the laser gun from Portal. Yeah. It's I mean, like a lightsaber that extends to 100 feet 
and just cauterizes anything in its path. It's awesome. What's the, what's the gun from Ghostbusters? A proton pack. Yeah, a proton pack. It looks, it looks like that like too, that. yeah. Ernie Hudson is a Ghostbuster, by the way. So oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, they probably... I bet you it would have been like a copyright problem if he was the one shooting it. <laughs> yeah. Serious. Well, Laura like, Lenny puts it on. steal us a prop. We need you to steal one prop for us. <laughs> dude, Laura Lenny puts it on. She fucking blasts a few gorillas into smithereens. And Ernie Hudson says, what the hell is that? She says, it's the latest thing in communications. But like, I was watching this thinking like, it's a fucking laser gun. Just say it's a goddamn, it's a laser blaster, dude. Like, look at it. I'm shooting lasers. What the fuck do you think it is? Like, <laughs> think, think about a real world scenario where someone just did that. And someone says, what is that? They would say it's a laser gun, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no doubt. What the hell are you doing anyway? What am I doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. We're getting out of here. We are. What about them? Put them on the endangered species list. <laughs> Come on, Monroe! Let's go! Oh. What the hell is that? The latest thing in communication! Is this the laser gun in Contra Three? Oh shit! The this straight that gun that gun sucks. It's all about the spread, you know. <laughs> Dude, that gun can fuck people up though. Yeah, I mean it has power. It's a good backup gun. It's like a good secondary gun if you can. Keep it's like that, that same gun. straight beam though, right? And that's what you're talking about. But it has like the lightsaber cauterizing effect. Like the first yes. gorilla, I think that gets fucking worked by this thing gets just like their <laughs> hand. Anakin Skywalkered right off, right? Like, zip, the hand goes away. And he's like, (laughs) This laser is so scary that when the volcano erupts, the gorillas just commit suicide. They give up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They start tossing themselves into the the lake of fire. I love how gratuitous the laser is, too. Like, every time you think it's like a last shot of... one, two, three, four gorillas getting like just zapped up by this thing. There's like more, right, Kylo? Like there's a bunch of shots in here of gorillas, like you said, getting worked. Yes, and it's beautiful. And it's it's just really one of the coolest things from like this type of like weird, you know, adventure, weird sci-fi action hybrid movie from this era. Like this weapon in this movie is fucking epic even if you don't like the movie this weapon is epic the way like they have like the physical prop set up and then the way it works right like just that heat beam that solid beam and it's like it's like thick as a dick you know and it's just (laughs) slices them right off (laughs) giving those apes dome it's the latest thing in communications baby (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy, oh. But why did she shoot them when they were all. They had stopped beating him <laughs> and Re- stopped beating the professor? Revenge. They killed Kahega, man. That fucking broke Ernie Hudson's heart. That's true. That Mr. Echo? Is that who it is? From Lost. Okay. Yeah. Oh, damn. He put up a good fight, too. Yeah, he was cool. He's like. 
a cool side character, right? He's just kind of like a mercenary, right? But there's something very likable about him. It's mainly like his interaction with Monroe when they first see each other. Like they give each other like this big warm embrace. So like you like him a little bit more from that moment on, I think. Andy is badass and he has several weapons that are cool. Like he can fight off the apes with his machete for a little bit before he loses that. It's pretty cool. He went toe to toe for a while, dude. Yes, he did. He's out there alone. They needed to be putting more rounds in the gorillas around him. That's frustrating me. But anyway, this movie is kind of hard to wrap up. I've noticed. And I think it's because all the characters have different motivations like Amy does eventually get reunited with some other gorilla family. Uh, Ernie and the two doctors are able to like hot air balloon to safety, presumably, or to some random place at the very end of the movie makes for a beautiful shot. But yeah, I think one of the endings I wanted to talk about was getting back to the full circle of what's his name the jodan baker yes jodan baker shows back up and they're able to communicate back and he's so happy to see laura linney again isn't he kylo oh he's he's stoked he he thought she died he thought her expedition completely failed so he sent out another one which did immediately fail and he sees her and he's like oh my god you made it tell me tell me just this piece of good news please did you find the diamonds <laughs> did you get my fucking diamonds <laughs> he's so good at playing this fucking scumbag right and she said earlier she's like you know what you better not be sending me here for diamonds and you better be sending me here for your son who is missing doesn't even ask about him but she does tell him that he died and he's like oh that sucks so you got the diamonds, right? <laughs> uh, she doesn't take that well. She uses her laser technology to destroy his company's satellite. So that beam, that laser cannon, can shoot all the way into space. Which is pretty epic. That thing's just still going. It's still flying out there. Oh, <laughs> It went through the satellite and it's still going <laughs> Many out planets space. have been destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doomed all of mankind because some alien race is like we can't let the these creatures alone to just keep well, sending about- <laughs> these death rays out into space. I mean, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit, but think about the consumer. Like how many people are using his cell phone company satellite? Right? And they're just they they don't have service anymore. Or oh wow, you can't log on oh. to Instagram for the day, Kylo. <laughs> Sorry. No, there's this is life people, or death out are here. Calling nine one one at this moment. And hey. she just destroyed the satellite. <laughs> yeah, Josh. The calls. How about that? Every every stoplight in like L.A. goes haywire. Traffic grid <laughs> goes down. She might have caused a little bit more death, you know, just. <laughs> His satellite was strictly the Hustler channel. That's all it provided. That's like the only thing the satellite How many people lost their jobs, you know? (laughs) One satellite blew up and destroyed the economy. He does say he has 40,000 people working under his employ, so... It's a big company. She did put 40,000 people out of work, including herself, so... That is a good point. 
But where did they get this uh, hot air balloon from? Just whipped that out of Ernie uh, Hudson's back pocket? Well, she, what, kept, what? she kept talking. Someone kept mentioning how she had a balloon with her. And I feel like that's the payoff, right, Kyla? Yeah. And they, well, they, they pull the balloon out of the crashed second expedition, right? They see a plane that crashes. They realize it's her company that sent a second expedition because her company thought she was dead. They go to that crash site and they pull out the balloon. She tells Monroe, she's like, yeah, look for like a yellow box with a red stripe. And that's where they get the balloon. All of the all of their shit was in yellow boxes with a red stripe. You know what? Everything You're right. they packed up. <laughs> <laughs> I like how uh, one of the end credits is Gorillas by Stan Winston. That's kind of kind of cool. The man's done some great work, and I think the gorillas look great in this. I talked about this on the Big Dumb Movie episode, but to me, gorillas already have an artificial look to them. Like, if I see a gorilla at a zoo, and I have, obviously, they look fake. They look like a weird animatronic to me. So seeing gorillas in this movie that actually are fake with animatronic faces, it's really hard for me to make the distinction. I've always thought they look real in this movie because, again, They look so real. The animatronics in here? Yeah, I'm just agreeing with you. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I like Amy's face and stuff. I think it looks really good. Budget fifty million. Box office one fifty two. Pretty good. Why did you call it a failure, though, Kylo? Well, the reviews on this movie are fucking awful, and. It was a big letdown for people because of the uh, marketing campaign, which basically painted it like the next Jurassic Park. You know, Michael Crichton, obviously the writer of Jurassic Park, he wrote the book. He wrote the book for this. It came out right after. It was kind of advertised in a way that was similar about a lost ancient species kind of thing. The tomato meter for this movie. Yeah. 20% critic score. Roger Roger Eber gave it three out of four though. So that's because he's smart. Or maybe the stupidity to have released to us scenes of the talking gorilla with her schoolgirl voice that's so inappropriate. I wish you also could have seen the first shots of the talking gorilla where the head covering an actor is plainly visible. More problems. Tim Curry's character is a nut, Ernie Hudson's is a lightweight as their guide, and Joe Don Baker, a buffoon, is a villain. In short, Congo is a mess. I'd like to say it's so bad it's good, but in its concluding act, it was simply boring. I disagree. I agree with what you observe. I disagree with your interpretation. First of all, Ernie Hudson was fabulous as the guy. He reminded me of uh, Clark Gable in the way that he handled this role, the way that he balanced humor with kind of a bemused detachment. Now, you talk about... I thought I you talk about the, Let's keep going. You talk about the gorilla's bad voice that you didn't like. Gene, yeah. I think you missed the point. She uses American Sign Language in order yes. to activate a speech synthesizer. I know that's correct. And it's supposed to be funny. It was hilarious. I laughed at it, not with it. This has some goofy funniness to uh, it. I think if people go with the right sh- uh, state of mind, they're going to have a trip. Yeah, have a couple of martinis. Roger Ebert, weird rating. Sometimes he goes back and changes them. He gave like Alien a bad rating, I think, or Aliens, one of the two. And then like years later, like went back and was like, actually, it's good. I don't know. I guess we all like change our minds over time. But the audience score on this is also really bad. It's 29%. So if you just looked at the IMDb or the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie and you were going to like maybe watch it or not based on that, you probably wouldn't if that's your metric. 
Yeah, I'd agree. It's definitely not that bad. It's certainly a much better. Movie. Well, most people in the U.S.'s metric for whether they watch a movie or not is whether spoilers likes it or not. And we will get to our own yes or no's in a second. But guys, I want your final thoughts. One last chance to call back to something maybe we didn't get to, wrap up a loose plot line, or shout out a character that maybe didn't get enough love yet. I got nothing. There is a line in this movie that I, I don't like, so we talk about stuff I don't like, that I've never liked because it doesn't make any sense, right? So there's the ghost tribe, the natives, and they like have like all the powdery uh, whatever white on them, I guess to look like ghosts, I don't know. But when our uh, team encounters them, they tell Monroe that there's a dead white man in their village. And Karen freaks out because she thinks it's Bruce Campbell. She says, he's dead? Wait, he's dead? Monroe Kelly's response doesn't make any sense. He says, the ghost tribe has several levels of dead. Someone's not dead until they're completely dead. The Mizumo have several levels of dead. Someone's not dead until they're completely dead. Okay, okay. I have no idea what that means. What, is he being reassuring? Is he saying that, no, he is dead? I never fucking understood it. And I've thought about that line a lot in my life. Never been able to put it together, guys. You can be you can be a dead body, but like com- to be completely dead, your head is like separated from your body. And then they consider you completely dead. <laughs> He's not coming back from that. Is that just a nice way to say that they don't know to like test for a pulse or something? I don't know. No idea. I got a question for you guys for a final thought. Yeah. And then we can get back to you, Kylo. Um, if you guys could choose one prop minus the laser cannon out of this movie to to shout out or to like have in real life or just that you liked, what would it be? Because there's a lot of really freaking good ones. I want one of those gray gorillas. I want a whole gorilla. <laughs> no, that, dude. Here, I'll go first. I I want one of the. It's like the size of a cup, but it's an air conditioner for a tent. They show that at one point, and it's pretty freaking cool. Kylo. Oh, when she's like, "Oh, I got air conditioners." Yeah, yeah, and Ernie Hudson's like, "I'll take one." Yeah, hell, I'll take one. Um. It's funny you ask this, Josh, because there are actual props from this movie that are on sale in, uh, I think it's propstore.com. One of them I wanted to buy for a long time, and it's one of Amy's paintings. So one of the original ones that's used in this movie. Oh, my. There's a couple. Um, I think the main one I wanted is actually now sold looking at the list, but there are are still a couple. They go from like three to 500 bucks. And I would really like to have one of those. Like, again, like this movie means like a lot to me. Not just like the quality of the movie, but like the personal attachment. You guys know me. If I like something, it's because it's like been with me for a long time usually. That is definitely the case for this one. So uh, that may be one of those paintings in a realistic answer. But in a non-realistic answer, give me that fucking laser, man. Give me that laser. No, I said no laser. I 
made that off limits. I know, but it's got to be it. It has to be, Josh. (laughs) We all want the laser. Everyone wants the laser. (laughs) Well, then we'll cut the laser in half, and we'll each take half. I already know Mikey's. Mikey's is uh, Amy's. I guess give me the diamond. No, you want Amy's little, like, lovey. Her little cuddly stuffy bear. I want That's Amy's toes. Want. Give me Amy's toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What did you actually say? Uh, one of the fake diamonds. They're real diamonds. No, they're not. They are diamonds from. They're called Herkimer diamonds. So they're not like the kind of diamonds that you might get at like. I don't know what's a diamond store. Jared's. Jared's is not one of those kinds of <laughs> K jewelers. They are a type of quartz diamond, right? And they are they do have some value. Um, well, they do have a lot of value, but not in the exact same way uh, that those. Uh, it's not like a snatch diamond where it's like basically like a diamond that size is invaluable. They are very expensive though, and they lost one during the production of this movie. Uh, it's actually the scene when Peter throws it at the end. That was one of the real diamonds that they had that they had on loan from a place called Herkimer Diamonds. And yes, that's where Herkimer Hermoko's name comes from. Hmm. He's not a character in the book. He was made specifically for the movie. They actually lost one and had to pay out a bunch of fucking money for it. So those are well, a real type of diamond. So what? They were I don't how do you lose it? Was they were they actually in a hot air balloon and he tossed it out? I don't think they were actually in a hot air balloon, but I think they were filming on location. So, like, somewhere in this, like, lush, jungle-esque region. Mikey's getting to the point that someone fucking stole that. Yeah, someone stole that shit. (laughs) That's not lost. That's different. That's a different thing. Also, weird weird for for the characters to just toss that out. I mean, after everything you've been through, you might as well just keep one of them. You only got one left. Well, Titanic was huge. Yeah, I mean, you could split that three ways. How many people were even left? Three? Fuck Amy, she went to live with a gorilla. I mean, she doesn't need any money. Got that diamond three ways. It's just literally... Titanic stole this. Another 1997 movie. They throw the heart of the ocean back into the ocean. Real frustrating. That's crazy. I thought they were just quartz crystals. Those are huge. It is wild, man. So, yeah, go ahead and go to Big Dumb Movie because I'm pretty sure that you told that story in much more detail on that (laughs) podcast. Big Dumb Movie Congo episode. It's a good episode. Check it out. Guys, (laughs) this is the part of Spoilers Podcast where we give a yes or no. But do, do either of you guys want to go first? Are you ready for your yes or no? I do. Go for it, man. Because I just thought of a final thought that I forgot to mention earlier, and that is the score by Jerry Goldsmith. I really like it a lot, but the very beginning song, it's called Mother of Africa, I believe. The opening song, when that tune plays, man, it's a fucking vibe. I get like the chills.
Like, I get such a good feeling from listening to that. Certain songs like that from movies in my life, they give me that, and I, I'll just listen to them sometimes when I need it. I hope it's playing, Josh, but that track, so good. But this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes. I'm going to give this movie the hardest of yeses because I fucking love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It's such a fun ride, and it's uh, very close to me. It's been with me for a very long time, but I'll try to set that aside. I think what this movie is doing is giving us like a kind of a fun adventure safari with a lot of peril coming at us from all angles. And you feel that peril when you're watching the movie, right? It's ever present. You're, it's, it's, it's from humans sometimes. It's from like militia groups or military. Hippos. Or hippos, tribes, the one snake, that one fucking snake, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but not to mention the STD riven gonorrhea gorillas are uh, something straight out of a nightmare they're horrifying to behold they're violent they're dirty and they're just pure evil and i think they're like a good addition for the end i don't like the fact that they were teased so much in the marketing and they kind of made it seem like the movie was about that because this movie is not jurassic park it's not that same kind of movie where you know a good chunk of the run runtime is the threat of the monster in this case, it's really just the threat of Congo itself or a fucking everywhere in Africa, basically, because as soon as that plane touches down, it's bad news. Uh, but I love the performances. I love the actors in this movie. Ernie Hudson is the coolest guy ever, maybe only uh, followed right behind by Bruce Campbell. You know, I like Richard. He's, he's really funny to me. Uh, Herkimer Homolka, Tim Curry's best role. I met Tim Curry like last year and I really wanted to say, you know, my favorite role of yours is Herkimer Hermoka in Congo, but I didn't get the chance. It was just like a quick photo op. So, but anyway, absolutely love Congo. Hardest of yeses. I hope sincerely that Tim Curry is doing well. Um, this is Josh from Goshen. I'm going to give this movie a huge yes. It's like a giant B movie. I hope you don't go into it thinking it's Jurassic Park point two. That would be a huge mistake. I think the way to take it in is just to look at it as more of a fun ride. And Jurassic Park is a fun ride, but I think Jurassic Park is like fun to seek, sink your teeth, pardon the pun, into the like science of it and think of dino DNA and bingo. <laughs> I like that stuff, but this movie to to put your like uh, uh, suspension of disbelief behind you is tough at times in this movie for sure. But it's so fun, and the payoff with the laser just obliterating ape after ape is so amazing. Anyone would love it. I, I love the fact Dunlapper brought this to us, and I hope this is be besides Kylo. I hope that a lot of people also hold this movie in like a fond place and that it can kind of become over time like a classic B movie that people will keep watching. Is that fair to say, Kylo? I know it had a pretty big budget, but could it be a B movie over time? Kind of. Yeah. Something like that. That's not really the definition of a B movie, but anyway, that's my yes or no. But it's the same energy and you know, partly yeah. and brought by Jodon Baker. Mikey, your yes or no? 
Yeah, that's an interesting one, but uh, I think you make a good point in that it's trying to give the vibe of a B-movie, and I'm someone who who enjoys like sci-fi channel movies. I think those are stupid and fun to watch, and this is exactly the type of movie that I, I enjoy watching for this podcast because it's got cheese, it's got gore, it's got crazy animatronics, not animatronics but like special effects with the monkeys and the gorillas and everything and it's got a lot going for it and uh it's all wrapped up in in this sci-fi sort of horror genre specific type of movie and uh, i think it makes it a lot of fun to talk about cast stacked they're all fun to watch i think uh they all bring something different to the movie and it's a lot of fun to watch uh I had not seen it since I was like a kid, but yeah, I think uh, if you just go into it with much lower expectations of seeing like a bunch of crazy gorillas ripping people to shreds, uh, then I think you'll have a lot more fun with it. Corey made a good point that it's more about like uh, all of the danger that Congo can bring into the story, not so much just the gorillas at the end of the movie, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a... It's a crazy ride uh it's it's got a lot of stuff that i like about it and it's it's not a serious movie which is i hate watching serious movies for this podcast because it just feels like it's a lot harder to to poke fun at and make jokes and stuff uh at a movie that's takes itself so seriously so this is exactly what i like watching for this podcast it's a it's a yes It really is a ride, Mikey. You feel like you've been through a lot after you've seen Congo. We traverse the globe. <laughs> you guys want to do a little bit of trivia? Not really. What do you no. think, Mikey? <laughs> say no to this one? <laughs> if we both say no, are you still going to make us do it? Yeah, well, you know what? It's for Matt Dunlap, our new patron, who is probably cool. Let's, let's just give him a quick trivia. All right. I got some quick trivia. It's some multiple choice stuff. And here's what I want to do with it. If you, if, if I, if it's your question, there's four, it's A through D, four choices. If you get it right, it's worth three points. If you get it wrong, it's a negative point. You don't have to answer. You could just not not answer and it's worth zero points. But then the other person gets a chance to answer and it's worth just one point. If they get it right, they don't get penalized if they get it wrong. Does that kind of make sense? A All bit. right, let's do it. Are we playing to a point uh, uh, goal or just a number I, of questions? Or what's going I on? have a certain number of questions. Uh, I don't want to intimidate you with the amount of questions it is. Let's just start. Let's just get into it. <laughs> Kylo, you're first. What is the largest species of gorilla? Western gorilla, mountain gorilla, eastern gorilla, or the cross river gorilla? You do uh, not man, have to hear, answer. I don't hear any uh, fucking STD. syphilis gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. Actually, no. You know what? I'll take a gamble. We'll go with mountain gorilla. A mountain is pretty big, right? Did you say mountain? 
I did. Yeah, that's gonna as be big f- as a mountain. That's why. That's gonna be that. three points for you. That wow. is the biggest type of gorilla taking a commanding lead, Kylo. All right, Mikey, your question: Gorillas primarily inhabit what continent? Asia, South America, Africa, or Australia? Africa. Let's go, Mikey. Three to three. Okay. Next question for Kylo. What is the average lifespan of a wild gorilla? 20 to 30 years, 30 to 40 years, 40 to 50 years, or 50 to 60 years? I feel like this question is a lot harder than the last one. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I... Just because the whole movie took place on Africa doesn't mean that the answer was going to be Africa. It's a coincidence. (laughs) Maybe pandas are gorillas. Uh, So... 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50 to 60. Don't have to answer. Yeah, but I'll just say uh, 30 to 40. Kylo, another three points, sir. Wow. All right, here we go, Mikey. Gorillas are primarily colon A, herbivores, B, carnivores, C, omnivores, D, insectivores. Mm, I'm going to say omnivore. Unfortunately, they're primarily herbivores. Wow. Little known With those fact. teeth? I guess so. High protein diet out there? What do they got? Garbanzo beans? Black beans? What do they got going on out there? <laughs> Amy Bittman Roe Kelly when they jumped out of the plane. Remember when he was holding the gorilla and jumped out of a plane? <laughs> ah, that's why they don't eat the human bodies. They just batter them to death because they don't care about the meat. Kylo, a few more questions left. Gorillas use a variety of vocalizations for communication. Which of the following is not one of them? A, hoots. B, grunts. C, whistles. D, roars. Whistles. Whistles are part of what they do. They don't roar, weirdly enough. They whistle at each other? Yeah, that's a minus one for you, sir. Mikey, chance to make up some ground here. Gorillas live in groups called packs, herds, troops, or swarms. Clans. <laughs> That's not one of the four. Um. <laughs> packs, herds, troops, swarms. You do not have to answer. Uh, I'll say, I'll say pack. It is troops. That's a fucking lie, Josh. That's not true at all (laughs) that's not right it's not troops which of these species of gorilla is critically endangered kylo western mountain eastern or cross river uh the western gorillas are in danger those cross river ones are actually but the most danger. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we got a few more questions if you guys are down for it. These are going through pretty quick. I like this pace. Gr- Mikey, gorillas share approximately how much DNA with humans? 50, 75, 90, 98. 
98 what? What is the unit of measurement? <laughs> percent of DNA shared okay. with humans. Hey, Amy was sharing 100% of her DNA <laughs> yeah. with the professor. Whoa! Okay. No, Peter was sharing his DNA, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'll say 98. That is correct. And you guys... You're at a dead standstill with four points each. Two correct answers, two wrong answers. You've neither of you have just chosen not to answer yet. Just saying. You could be humble and just not answer. That's Kylo. Can't wait. (laughs) Gorillas gorillas (laughs) build their nests primarily for hunting, mating, resting, sleeping underwater. That last one seems really weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me they sleep underwater, motherfucker? <laughs> uh, mating. Ah, unfortunately, it is for resting that they build their nests. Lazy motherfuckers. Mikey, which of the following is not a threat to gorilla populations? Man. (laughs) Written by a man. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to try to get through this. Uh, Okay. Which of the following is not a threat to gorilla populations? Poaching, habitat loss, climate change, gorilla selfies. Gorilla selfies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that... Shout out to Chat GPT for writing these questions, by the way. Holy shit. Oh my god. Oh, oh, okay. Fucking bums and your chat GPT trivia. Kylo. Next one. Gorillas are known to use tools in their natural behavior. Which of the following is an example of tools used by gorillas? A. Fashioning spears. B. Weaving baskets. C. Building rafts. D, using sticks to extract termites from mounds. Using sticks to extract termites from mounds. It is, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple like chimp or gorilla tribes that like do some sort of like spear thing. Anyway, I digress. Mikey? That would be fucking crazy to see. Yeah. Which, Which gender of gorilla typically leads the groups? A, male. B, female. C, they take turns. D, it varies by species. Mm, I'm just going to say male. (sighs) I got to get that girl power, son. It's the females. Oh, really? Wow. Tarzan lied to us. Yeah, I'm going off of Tarzan here. Yeah, all my knowledge is based on Tarzan. (laughs) All right, guys, we have two questions left, and you're tied up. Kylo, gorillas are primarily diurnal, which means they're most active A, during the day, B, during the night, C, at dawn and dusk, D, whenever they feel like it. Um, dawn and dusk. Diurnal means during the day. Oh. Mikey, for the win, what is the gestation period of a female gorilla? Three to four months, five to six months, 
seven to eight months, nine to ten months. I like to phone a friend, the professor. He knows all about this. He read the book. <laughs> Wrote the book. Uh, I'll say C. Whatever that one was. Oh! C was seven to eight months. It's actually nine to ten months. Oh. Ow. So who wins? Or is it a tie still? You guys are at a tie. So we're going to have to go to my... Final question. It's the closest to. I think this movie reminds a lot of people of Jane Goodall. She works with chimps in no, the wild. Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> the sign language stuff she does. It. You're being sarcastic, right, Mikey? I think Jane Goodall would find this movie to be an abomination to <laughs> to gorillas and what they uh, represent in the animal kingdom. That's true. But you know what I mean? It's just like uh, the sign language connection and like the living with gorillas. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Even even though she works with chips, it just kind of she her spirit is here somehow. But she she is still alive. And Kylo, I'll have you go first. How old is she in years? I have no idea. 50? I don't even know who this is. Jane Goodall, famous chimp researcher. 50 years old. She's the the actual professor that... She does all the stuff that this guy wants to do. Oh, she... (laughs) She gets down with Amy? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! She's got her own Brad Pitt of chimps that she's interested in. Oh, oh my God. My this God. is Jennifer Aniston in the Brad Pitt. <laughs> Thank you for completing the circle. Got you, fam. How old do you think she is there, Mikey boy? Oh, man. Uh, 90? I didn't even know she was still alive. Good for her, though. Do you guys see the chat? That doesn't ring a bell for you at all, Kylo? No. That looks like an AI-generated image. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's look- pretty good looking back in the day, for sure. But she is 89. Mikey, phenomenal guess of 90. You get to have a hot take and to toss it out to Spoiler Man. Before you do that, though, I just wanted to give one more shout-out to Dunlapper. I hope you enjoyed this episode of spoilers we certainly had fun talking about congo right kylo hell to the yes (laughs) go for it mikey yeah shout out to uh dunlapper there for choosing the movie thanks for being a patreon member thanks for everybody who signs up for the patreon every month hot take uh, you know, you should have showed uh, full penetration with that monkey if you wanted to get your point across <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Just the hottest to- take <laughs> yet. Really go for it if that's what you wanted to portray this professor as. So he's a pervert. Uh, let him do his pervert shit with this gorilla. Uh, but capture it all on screen for us to watch. It's uh, my hot take. Thank you, Dunlapper. Uh, can't wait to see 
if you choose another movie sometime, that's fine. Good, good pick. I like Congo. Thank you. That was spoilers. Special thank you to our patrons. Druid King. So you're a geek with a cellular phone. Brother Brian. We shall arrive there together. We shall all be rich. Matt Troll. Absolutely troll. Fill up everything. Nick. <laughs> the Meg. They're out there. But what are they doing? Nurse Stacy. Three members of a safari died from exposure. The Wolf. <laughs> Barky 420. So you think the gorilla may be dangerous? PK! And Mr. Hamoka here had to be carried out of the jungle by, as I remember it, me. Spencer. It's fine, we're flying. Gale. Want. Green drop. Drink. Swole. I can't believe what I'm <laughs> hearing. Cheese <laughs> zombie. Are you serving that ape a martini? If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. It's true. The diamonds. Every word of it was absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> that was spoilers.